Kia ora everybody and Mere Kiri Himeti or Merry Christmas to everybody out there. Um, we've got a bit of a treat for you with this final stag roar of the year. We've sat down with Art Green and if you don't know who Art Green is, he's the founder and one of the uh, co-founder and one of the leads of Right Foods who own Clean Paleo, which is probably how you know Art Green the most. Um, also Poppy and Olive, as well as a paleo certified manufacturing company. Of course you might know Art Green from Instagram and the first ever bachelor here in New Zealand. But uh, of course he's far more than that and that's what we get into in this podcast is who Art Green is and what is Clean Paleo and Right Foods up to. It's a pretty exciting enterprise, um, something I enjoy eating. Their products, uh, especially their bultong, big fan of bultong, and it's awesome to be able to go to the supermarket and, and pick up something that's nourishing, um, good to snack on, and, and has no nasties in it. Of course, as I just said, this is the last episode of the year um bit of a christmas special i guess bit of a present to you and it's been hell of exciting doing the podcast getting so many awesome people on board and like i say every week there's still so many to go i've been loving your feedback loving seeing the numbers grow and i appreciate it so much it's super awesome to see the podcast take off and been having so much fun doing it. So, without wasting any more of your time, here's our interview with Art Green. I hope you enjoy it and uh, get plenty out of it. Cheers. Hello, everybody. I'm sitting here with a man in New Zealand that needs no introduction, but we'll introduce it for anybody out there in the world that listens to this. Uh, we're sitting here with Art Green. I guess you call him the founder, uh, runner, I don't know, salesman often of Riot Foods. Um, yeah. How are you today, Art? What What have you been doing up this weekend? It's been a parallel. Um. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um. That's me. Thanks for the introduction. I'd say I'm a runner. Yeah. I'm a runner of right foods. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah. What did we? I'm trying to think what I got up to in the weekend. Um. Actually, this weekend was really cool. On um, On Saturday, a friend of mine, she has been um, running around the world literally running around the world for to raise awareness for climate change so, nice. so she um she's run 400 k's in over 17 different countries in 30 days yeah so she had her final so she's done it in like half marathon stints so 21 k's each time yeah and um her last one was on saturday um in auckland so she's you know flew all around the world and then she came home for her last one and there was a big um you know tribe of us who got behind her and um ran with her for that so that was pretty cool um i was pretty knackered after that because i haven't run for quite a while not that long and not that far anyway so um but it was it was amazing that was really cool yeah um yeah yeah so that, that was that was my saturday sunday i can't remember what i did but actually i went to the beach because it was, it was a beautiful day absolutely and uh what's your favorite beach for auckland bro Koei. Koei. Oh, yes. Koei Marama. <laughs> absolutely. Mate, so um, who is Art Green today, man? He's, he's massive, but uh, what, what defines you, brother? 
Um, who am I today? I guess I'm just a, um, I guess I'm kind of just like you, it, just a very standard kind of Kiwi guy. Um, you know, grew up on a farm, went to high school, went to Otago Uni, um, like a bunch of other people. And then um, through, you know, different decisions I've made throughout my life, it landed me in a position where I was, um, you know, lucky enough to be given the opportunity to go on a TV show um, to uh, meet the love of my life, as, uh, as the fairy, fairy tales would tell you. Um, but, um, and it's, and I just got, you know, have kind of gone from there and it's been incredibly, just been incredibly lucky with, with that sort of stuff. Um, and then, but also before that, I uh, kind of been on a health journey um, for myself personally um, for the last eight or nine years. Um, and that's resulted in me trying out lots of different health, you know, nutritional, um, I guess, regimes and stuff. And then, uh, and deciding on, one that works best for me and then uh, wanting to make a, a business out of it and, and help other people to improve their health as well. So um, yeah, now I'm, I'm also a, a health, uh, health food um, business sort of entrepreneur. And uh, yeah, so that's kind of, kind of me at the moment. I wear lots of different hats, but um, yeah, I like the, yeah, I keep pretty busy. Nice. No, so I think we'll dive into why the health journey, you know, there's, Lots of us out there finding our own thing, and plenty of us coming to the same conclusion. But what sparked it for you, mate? Um, Probably Otago Uni. <laughs> it was, yeah, totally. Yeah, well, um, so, so at, at Otago, I um, I studied sports science yep. and uh, and exercise physiology, and I did a lot of nutritional papers and stuff like that. And I thought that I knew enough about nutrition and what I should be eating and what's right and what's wrong. Um, and I thought just because I've always been pretty slim and, you know, um, I thought I've, I've always been really healthy. And then I, I finished uni and like heaps of other people who study my degree, we have no idea what we're doing or um, have a job to go into. So um, I did a bunch of travel around the world and coached tennis in the States and did all sorts of different things and then landed a job working in the mines in Western Australia. And while I was there, I, I was doing, um, so I was, I was just way out in the outback and the remote sort of outback and just living in a little thousand man mining camp surrounded by red dirt. And I was working four weeks in a row and then I'd have one week off. And I decided that, you know, um, my job was managing a gym there and I'd have all these miners coming into the gym and asking me what they should be eating and what's the best diet to be on and how can they lose weight. And, um, and the truth was, I really just didn't know what like what to say. I mean, I'd, I'd studied nutrition and I'd learned all this stuff. And then, but then I really, at the end of the day, I didn't really know what I could tell them that was actually going to work for them. Um, and so I decided to actually just try out a bunch of different things for myself and do a lot of like relearning and just reading. And, um, I, I started to, um, treat each like four week stint that I was up, up on the mine site each month as a little experimentation um, on myself so I um, like I, I did one month was vegetarianism another month I did raw food diet another month I did um, isogenics um, another month I did like a ketogenic diet um, I did a couple of other ones and then I 
ended up doing, and then I heard about paleo diet. Um, so and when I first heard about that, I thought, oh, yeah, it's just something like CrossFitters diet. And then I started looking into it because when I, when I look into these diets, I'd also do a lot of research into their benefits and um, uh, pros and cons, really. And then um, with, the paleo, with the paleo diet, it made the most sense to me from a sort of, um, I guess, background as to why, why you might like to try and eat this way. Um, and then after, and then I tried eating like that, and it just made such a huge difference to my life and to my energy, energy levels, um, that I just never really stopped. And uh, yeah, so that that was a, a big sort of change, big change in my life, and it made me. I became quite passionate about um, just eating real food, yeah. and 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 I, and I, you know, I was challenging what I'd been taught over the years and what I'd learned through the media and through just everything that I've seen around nutrition. And I just challenged, challenged those ideas um, and tested things out. And uh, yeah, and then I came back to New Zealand and wanted to do something meaningful with that knowledge and try and help people. And uh, that's when I started working with Clean Paleo with my, my business partner, Ryan. And, and then from there, we've now acquired another company and we've built up a, like a parent company called Riot Foods. And yeah, the idea is just to continue to build on this and, and um, continue to, um, I guess, provide and, and make um, healthy whole food, healthy packaged whole food um, foods for everyone. Absolutely. Um, so for you, what is, what is the most manageable thing about a paleo diet? Obviously, it's, it's simple. You know, people look at it and see the tag and think, oh, and you mentioned this the other day in the media that it's not about eating meat and eating steaks. You know, there's a there's a bad meme of of paleo diet about you're a meat eater. But how did how did you describe it? Why did you find it so easily achieved? Yeah, um, yeah, you're totally right about that meat eating thing. It's like a, it's a common misconception that people just they just grab onto to and they think yeah, you're just this crazy meat eating sort of Neanderthal. Um, <laughs> but you know, I I describe my um, my diet as uh, I guess it's you know it's just a, it's a plant-based diet and I um, but I also have some ethically farmed uh, meat on the side um, for me that's what it is um, and I the thing with with following this kind of paleo lifestyle is that I don't do it 100% of the time I don't um, let it define me I just I view it as a as a framework or as a guideline um, for nutrition for the ideal nutrition for the human body um and so basically i just use it as a as a guideline so i know what's good for me and i know what i want to try and eat less of or, or minimize my intake of and so i just kind of i use it that way i don't um stick to it 100 percent. i don't go, go go crazy on it i just i don't think that's sort of um i just don't think it's realistic to try and do that with any sort of um diet or eating regime um and uh yeah so that's that's kind of how i do it Absolutely, it's probably about creating a relationship with the food food you eat, and so when when you have a mouthful or you, or you sit down and you have a choice on a menu, you know, and it's probably the best thing about eating out is often what's on the menu is nourishing and, and and useful. But you know, you go to the supermarket. Are you one of these people that stays away from the middle? Your stuff's in the middle, but <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I um I generally do try and stay away from the middle, but yeah. Well, now our products have actually made it into the middle, which is which is part of what we're trying to do. Like we're trying to change the, we're trying to revolutionize the food industry, you know, and, and actually bring health food 
um, or well, healthy healthy foods into into those middle aisles and actually, you know, actually have food in there where it's yeah. supposed to be. But at the moment, it's not it's not even food, which is just crazy. Um, so yeah, and, but but when I do eat out, I um, I generally try and um, try and have the most paleo kind of version of that I can. So if it's like a delicious looking burger, I'll probably get it just with lettuce buns or I'll, um, I'll get on a bit of salad or something like that. But, um, but every now and then I'll just, I'll go nuts because there's no substitute for it. You can't make a good paleo almond croissant. So (laughs) um, and, and all that sort of stuff, because, you know, I mean, food is so social and emotional and, um, yeah, it's it's really important to uh, to keep you keep your mind health keep your mind healthy and happy because um, it's not just you know it's not just about what you're putting in your mouth but it's also about enjoying what you're putting in your mouth. Hundred um, percent. And so cooking at home, you you two are often posting about it. Um, it looks like a lot of fun in your house. I know in our house we're we're passionate about what we're putting on a plate. We go out and, and find recipes and and. and try and try and make it as good as we can and, and very guilty of, of uh, food blogging it up. Um, how, how does it sort of work in your, your household? <laughs> yeah, um, we, uh, we do like to cook. Um, we're probably not as adventurous as we, as we should be. We find that, um, you know, and this is one of the main complaints that a lot of people have about following a whole food you know, paleo diet is that you, it takes a lot of time because you're having to prepare things and cook things um, from scratch generally. Um, so we, you know, we find that we do kind of go to our, our recipes and stuff that we know how to make that's kind of easy or, you know, we've just got them ingrained in us. So we, they seem easy to us. Um, but yeah, we, we've actually, I mean, Matilda and I are actually just about to launch, um, another business, uh, which is all around, so it's basically, it's going to be healthy, uh, pre-made meals. They're all going to be paleo and they're delivered to your door. So it's, um, it's something that we found that we just, we really struggled with. So we were, we were, we were getting my food bag and then we, um, we just found that we like, sometimes we just didn't even have time to cook. Mm-hmm. So we, um, we thought, God, there's gotta be something out there that's like a healthy option. Cause we don't want to get takeaways all the time. And there are some healthy takeaway options, but really difficult to find healthy, um, dinner, um, takeaway options. There's a few lunch ones, but, um, and so, yeah, we thought, well, why don't we actually make something that you know, would, would solve our problem and um, I don't know, there might be a market out there and we'll, we'll find out in the new year if that's when we launch. So, yeah, cool. Scratching your own itch. Um, yeah, totally. And so where does the business mindset come from? Um, obviously in university learning sports and nutrition yeah, and, and ex- exercise physiology and things like that, it's very prescriptive um, and it's something I'm extremely guilty of. You know, anatomy and optometry backgrounds, it's, you know, this is right and this is wrong and Maybe yeah. it, maybe it is right when it's wrong, but anyway, you know, to try and get creative and, and try to think big picture and, and how can we scale this? How, where does that come in? Where did, where did you learn that sort of stuff? Um, well, what's the I drive think, behind it? Yeah, I think um, I've always been, you know, I've always been very creative. I'm always like making things. Um, I think that kind of my passion to make stuff um, and to also to do things with a purpose. Um, you know, you know, finding this, you know, I felt like I found this purpose. I wanted to help people and improve other people's health. And then that has since evolved into actually not just, um, you know, not just helping one individual person, but like trying to actually change the landscape of nutrition Mm. 
in Dillon because I think it's a little bit flawed in uh, certain areas. Um, and uh, so I think it comes from that. And then to be honest, I think I just kind of fell into it when I decided to go into business with my business partner, Ryan. I think he's the, um, he's, uh, he's got an incredible business mind and I've just kind of learned um, a lot from him. We've probably, we've learned as we've gone, but you know, he's probably the driving force even behind a lot of my um, sort of entrepreneurs, entrepreneurism, um, you know, could, could have even just sort of started from him. Um, and then I've just kind of evolved and just gone with it. And, uh, and yeah, it's kind of just this, um, you kind of just, I think it's this, it's a mental shift that happens where you decide that you just not afraid to give something a go, because I think everyone, you know, the only thing stopping people from giving something a crack is, is this fear that they'll fail. Um, and once you get past that and you just, you're ready to just give it a leap, um, or you're able to just like not even think about that, think about that failure and just push it from your mind, then then really you can just give anything a crack. And that's kind of what I've found, sort of where I find myself at the moment. And um, so far it's been working, a few failures, but um, that's all part of it. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, so who do you guys work with to, for some mentorship or, or what are some people that you sort of idolize or, or um, find your passion from? Mm, um, I don't really know. Um, I. Are you guys just trailblazing? <laughs> yeah, I. The thing is, I actually. Um, a lot of people say, you know, I recommend getting a mentor, a business mentor, and I probably should get a business mentor because I'm actually not that business savvy. Um, I. Um, yeah, I'm totally not that business savvy, but I'm just. Um, I know that what I'm good at is kind of being ideas person and getting stuff moving, and I, um, and I'm just so driven that if I if I want to make something happen, I'll just I won't stop until it happens. Um, but I've I'm kind of I've got this uh, idea that um, you know I'm, I'm only as good as um, the people that I surround myself with, and and I might as well just you know if there's a job that I don't know how to do, then I'm just going to find someone who can do it better than I can, um, and. Yeah, and to only really um, and to try and just spend my time doing the stuff that I that only I can do, um, and try and outsource as much of the other stuff as I can just to free up my time. Um, so yeah, I guess I'm I, you know my success is not really uh, me. It's just a it's a the you know um, success of the sort of oh, working organism that is just people and minds that kind of I uh, kind of like to bring together and make make work to make something <laughs> i'm not even very good at no, voicing what i'm trying to say but yeah no, it's, it's cool Cre creating sort of a a, a a tribe and sharing the passion i guess would that be right yeah yeah i think so nice um so you said you grew up on a farm what what was sort of art green as a five five-year-old primary school kid and, and how does that show up today man um I was, yeah, I was the kid who was just always out with a stick whacking bushes, um, <laughs> like destroying mum's garden and climbing trees um, and uh, turning up at school and bare feet and, and, you know, doing all that sort of stuff. So um, I, don't know, I don't know how it really translates to, to today. Um, but, I, you know, I think one thing that um, I'm really thankful for from growing up in a, on a farm is, is just my connection with um, nature and food um i think there's a, a huge disconnect 
um, with a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of people in the world um, who don't really understand what, um, where their foods come from, you know, what it is. Um, you know, you have that sort of thing with meat. Um, a lot of people don't really get that side of things. But then also when you look at, you know, packaged products, you know, like, you know has this, you know, how is this um, Nutrigrain figure eight, you know, like, how is that? how is that made? And I can't, ima- I can't even imagine how that's been like grown in the ground or, or in like what form that was and then what process it's gone through to get to where it is now. And yeah, so that sort of stuff. So um, I think that's, that's been one of the coolest things um, for me that I've sort of translated from, from childhood to, to now. Yeah. What's the scale where you're talking and uh, what, what was the, what were you farming? Uh, it was, well, well, I wasn't farming, but yeah. dad was, um, it was, I don't even know how big our farm was. It wasn't huge. Dad was just like a, we had like a, a reasonably big lifestyle block, block, but then he kind of managed some next door neighbor farms and stuff, but it was mainly sheep. Um, and then, yeah. And then in subsequent years, when dad went back to farming and I was working on the, in my uni holidays, um, coming up and doing heaps of, uh, he had a lot of beef um, stock as well. So um, yeah, all round. Around stuff. So, so small country school or shipped off to town? Yeah, yeah, it was. So my first like couple of years of school were um, just a small little school called Piranoa. I think there's about fifty students or something like that. It's tiny. Um, and uh, yeah, so first couple of years there, and then we moved to Wellington after that, and went to another small primary school there. It is. And so, what was what was the sports you're involved in that sparked your uni career? Um, I played every sport that I could, you know, um, athletics day was my favorite day at school throughout primary and secondary school. Absolutely loved it. Um, and then I used to play a lot of, play a lot of rugby, played a lot of, um, soccer, played a lot of tennis. Um, yeah. So I kept myself really busy, um, with all sorts of different sports, which was just, um, yeah. And then, yeah, my, throughout uni, my main, main ones were um, athletics where I did um, javelin is my claim to fame. I came third in the national athletics comp <laughs> um, and then gave up after that because I, <laughs> I wasn't improving. So I was like, ah, I'm throwing the towel. Yeah. Yeah. And did you say you co- coached some tennis? Yeah. Yeah. Just at like a, a summer camp up in um, Maine in the States. So um, that, that was pretty cool actually coaching some very wealthy um little young Jewish kids at this very, very wealthy camp. Yeah. They were, a lot of them were very spoiled and it was a very different um, type of culture, but um, it was really cool as well. Nice. So what did you sort of learn about yourself on your travels and, you know, obviously being in a place that's surrounded by abundance and kids being able to do anything they want. What did you learn from that and then consequently traveling around the world? What did you, what did you find about yeah. yourself? Um, about my, I mean, I, the whole time I was just thinking, thank God I, I grew up in New Zealand. Um, I feel like we just have a far better grasp of the world as mm-hmm. a whole than a lot of these kids did at this summer camp. Um, and uh, I guess then, you know, from traveling, I just learned to do a lot of things. Um, I guess just to back myself. And also I, I found that, especially traveling through the States where it's, it's, you know, it's a lot easier when you've got a and an accent and everyone thinks you're really cool because you have an accent. But I found that you just like, if I just put myself out there and I just went for it, like good things would happen. Um, and 
you know, as airy-fairy as that sounds, like I just kind of live my life by that. Um, and it seems to work really well. And I just try and keep really positive about everything. And, and um, yeah, and really just putting myself out there. And, um, and yeah. But then when I went to, when I went to um, the Australia, to the, um, to the mine, so I was there for like two years in total. And that was a big shift in my, um, me mentally because I, um, I had a lot of time to myself. Like I just, my days, my whole, my whole day was basically by myself. And then I'd take some like fitness classes for like two hours with some minors at the end of the day. So I had so much downtime to just like be by myself. You know, I did, I, you know, started doing meditation and I started doing all this stuff and I really just, really just kind of chilled out a little bit. Um, and I kind of like found myself, you know, yeah. um, but I, like I totally did. Um, and so that for me was a really, um, that for me was a really big mental shift. And I, um, I learned to just be by myself, whereas, you know, up until then I'd always needed people around me. Um, but yeah, so I just learned to be by myself and be a lot more independent, which yeah, it was, was cool. Nice. And so you, you touched on meditation. Is that still something you practice or? I go in and out of it. Eh? Yeah. I mean, I, um, I've just, I know, I've basically I've read so many things um, and heard a lot of talks on how beneficial it can be. Um, and when I have done it, I kind of go through stints of being really motivated with it. And so yeah. I'll go for say like one or two months um, trying to meditate every, um, every morning. And uh, I, I actually, I really enjoy it when I do it. Um, and I find it quite easy to slip into meditation. I, I kind of, I've got good control over my mind, but um, I, yeah, I, I kind of, I slip out of it as well. So I, um, I, yeah, something happens where I just, I guess I stop valuing that as much as I value maybe sleeping in or I value, um, yeah, I don't know, going, exercising early in the morning. I might use that exercise as my, as my meditation or as my stress relief or something like that. And so I kind of just kind of, I go through, go through cycles and I, um, and I'm not too worried about that. Like I started thinking like, oh, why am I not sticking to this? And then I just thought, well, you know, like, that's, we work in cycles. The year goes round in a cycle. Like you can't yeah. just try and stick to the same thing day in, day out. I don't. I think you kind of go a little bit numb um, mentally. So um, yeah, I just I kind of cycle through it. But I do I do value it. and I do enjoy it when I do it. I see. And apart from exercising regularly, are there any other habits that you try and implement as much as possible? Um, I try to I try to read most nights, but that's mainly because um i was trying to read most nights read like every night to um to learn something new so i'd just i would, I would be reading a, a book that i would benefit from but then i decided that i was actually just going to start using that time to read to switch off and to um kind of relax and just and, and enjoy reading mm -hmm. um so and um and it also puts me in a really good space to sleep i just always end up sleeping a lot better once I, if i read before i sleep so, so now I just kind of re read nice, easy read novels or, or things like that. So I, I really, I like to do that. Um, yeah, but then apart from that, I don't really have any habits that I must do. I, um, yeah, for me, exercise is, is such a big part of my life. And um, I don't really, uh, yeah, I, I try not, I don't even, I try not to refer to it as exercise, but more rather like training or yeah. um, just being active because, um, yeah, I just think exercise can have a, some negative connotations or just, you know, 
just feels dull, sounds a bit dull. So um, I'm generally trying to um, be active by, by doing something I enjoy, like playing tennis or going for a swim or going for a kayak, um, or, or I will actually be training for something because I like choosing um, events and goals and things to, to work towards and actually train for because I just find it a bit more motivating. Yeah. Absolutely, and I love the term training um, rather than working out. You know, it can just be tra- training for life, but it, it, it's yeah, well, yeah, you know, it's exactly right. Just training for life. Yeah, being adaptable and moving and, and you know extending yeah. that longevity. Um, while we're on the topic of, of training, you know, your Instagram profile has a nice slug on it. But last month you chose to do the movement challenge. Um, yeah. First off, how was it? How hard was it? When did it get easier? But then you keep changing it up, which was which was wicked. And then uh, what does men's health mean to you? Yeah. So, yeah, for, for people who, who aren't sure what we're talking about, I did this. Um, so, yeah, for Movember, you can choose between, you know, normally people grow a slug, but I, uh, they're bringing on a new thing, which is the movement challenge. So it's sort of helping to get, get everyone involved, you know, because a lot of people, you know, guys too young or they just can't grow a mow or, um, you know, for women who want to get involved as well. So it's a movement challenge. You just make yourself a challenge or join in with someone else's challenge. It's some form of movement. For me, I decided that I'd like to um, burpee leap the height of Mount Everest. Um, I decided that I wanted to do something that would be really challenging for me. I also, I wanted to do, I mean, I, I do a bit of travel and I, I wanted to do something that, um, it would be an activity that I could do anywhere. So I could do it just, you know, in, in one, in a room. So, um, and that's when I thought of burpees because it's, um, you know, you can do them anywhere they're a pretty difficult exercise, but they're also, um, I, th- I think, one of the best bodyweight exercises that you can do. Um, and I also wanted to do something that I knew would um, would benefit me um, physically. So, um, I, you know, I wanted to do that because I thought I'd be able to I'd get a bit more fit and, um, yeah, and just give it a go. So so I, um, so I knew, knew I wanted to do burpees, and then I was like, well, I, I want to do – something that's kind of sounds quite epic. So, you know, Mount Everest sounds pretty epic. Uh, so I looked up how, how high it was, and then I worked out that it would be, you know, 300 metres of burpees, burpee leaps every day. And um, and I thought, okay, it sounds like a lot. Gave it a go. My first day, I gave it a go, gave it a go and I did like 300 one-metre um, one jumps. And uh, I thought, no, nah, this is too hard. I'm not going to have to do this every day for a month. So then, um, and I put it on Instagram, and then some some – someone messaged me and they said, actually, I think your leaps look like they're like more than a meter. Maybe you could do a meter and a half and do 200, 200 jumps. So then I actually got a tape measure. I measured out. I was like, oh, she's totally right. I could totally just do 200. Um, and so, so I ended up just doing that. And for me, it was really cool because like every day having to do 200 was, was hard. Um, but it also, and it also meant that I was working towards something big, um, which I really liked. So, and it got, it, yeah, it kept me pretty honest, um, you know, having to, if I missed a day, having to do a catch-up day, where I'd, I'd double up, man, that was a killer. So, so yeah, for the first, so for the first, uh, first few days, I was getting really sore quads from the, from landing, I think, from the leaps and then like the landing. Um, and, uh, and then I got over my legs and then the second week, my wrists started to get a bit sore. So then I started getting this foam mat, and I was doing them on my um, on my fists. And that stopped that, so that was good. And then it wasn't until 
about with five days to go that I actually think that I was, I had become um, significantly fitter and like fit to the exercise. Um, and I, yeah, I noticed that I could, you know, on my very first day, I was trying to go a steady fast pace for the whole thing. I did it in about 25 minutes. And on the last day, um, or second last day, I think it was, I, um, I was doing the same thing, like not going too hard, but like steady fast pace. And I did it in about 20 minutes. And I was like, that's a, that's a huge improvement. So um, yeah, it was, it was really cool. Uh, and then, yeah, I decided to even now and then mix it up and make it a bit harder for myself and wear altitude training masks. I was like, you know, mimic the conditions up in Mount Everest. And, um, that made it really hard. That was pretty horrible. Um, yeah. But no, it, it was cool. And yeah, it's, um, I like to do, um, I, think it's, I think it's really important to um, talk about men's health and raise awareness for men's health. Um, I think especially guys in New Zealand, I think we're getting a lot better at it, but I think um, historically we've been pretty closed about that sort of thing. Um, you know, men are a bit too macho and um, you know, we don't really like talking about that sort of stuff. So, um, and I think it encompasses, you know, mental health and, um, and physical health and everything. So um, I think just raising awareness about it and making it um, cool to talk about and, and just making it normal to talk about, I think is, is really good. So yeah, for me, that's why I like to get involved. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And um, yeah, it's, it's good to see the conversation coming up. And like in, in my job as an optometrist, you get people come in and see the moustache, and it immediately breaks down that barrier. And and, and uh, when I have the conversation about the health, it's it's a meaningful one instead of a a, a sheltered one. And, and you know, why are you asking me that for? And, no, I'm fine. I'm I'm healthy. You know what what does that what does that mean for you? And, and we can we can go deeper, which is which is awesome. Um, when when I spoke to you the other day about coming on board, it was in response to what you said to stuff, and and there was, you know, the, the new the new guidelines came out, and and we had Grant Scofield on the other day, and he's still shaking his head about you know nutrition guidelines, um, you know. Your conversation is is what's important, and that's what Grant hit home. Um, outside of your business, why do you think it's important to sh to share the message that this is paleo way, or or, or a low carbohydrate way, or whole food way, or whatever you want to talk about? Why that's important to share, and and when you've got a guideline that is so sort of middle of the road, not doing anything, and is the same as what we've already had, and and we're facing this epidemic crisis of people being obese and unhealthy and diabetes going like this what why do you see your part and where do you see your part in all of that yeah um i uh i find that i go i actually go between i go between being really passionate about it and wanting to do something about it and um and then you know sometimes i just think oh it's it's too hard and i'm just like i'm talking to you know there's heaps of people who are like who you know I had someone on Twitter today even saying something like, I, you know, who, I'm not taking um, uh, dietary advice from someone who's not a nutritional scientist and all sorts of stuff. And it's like, uh, and then for those people, I'm just like, you know, I, don't, I really don't care. Like, you just, I mean, but, um, you know, you can, you can do what you want with your health. Like, but the problem is that those are the people that are influencing other people who, um, and they're just, and they're misguiding them. Um, and to say, you know, it's, yeah, it's just, it's so frustrating. Um, 
and I think it's one of those things that is going to take uh, a while. Um, I think we're we're at the turning point now, where um, more and more people are coming to terms with um, the fact that eating, um, you know, essentially a paleo um, or you know a version of paleo whole foods um, diet, um, not necessarily you're not not sticking to a diet, but that's the food that encompasses that diet. Um, that that is the best for us nutritionally, um, whether or not, um, you know, there are, there are heaps of, um, you know, things where, where the um, Ministry of Health talk about how it's, um, you know, it's too, too expensive and all sorts of stuff like that. And it's like, well, yeah, that, that, that may be, that may be true. It's definitely more expensive to eat, um, whole foods, natural whole foods than it is to eat your shitty fucking box of um cornflakes um but it's not about that it's not about um it's not the ministry of food economics it's the ministry of health and people need to know what is the the best food mm. for them from a from you know a nutritional point of view um and i just think you know for so long it has been um it's been skewed by um People, the people in the positions who decide on these nutritional guidelines, they are um, influenced by uh, money from food companies that have um, that can gain out of these nutritional guidelines being, uh, you know, having them and them their their food that they make in these guidelines. And it's marketable really, as well, you know. Yeah, yeah. Totally, no. And, and they don't probably understand and they don't realize that, you know, what they're doing is uh, potentially, you know, killing millions and millions of people um, through, you know, telling them that this type of food is good for them when it's simply not. Um, and then, you know, you touched on it before, the rates of obesity, um, type 2 diabetes, you know, metabolic syndrome, all of these things. <clears throat> that um, are caused by nutrition that is, um, you know, it's backed up by these guidelines. It's, it's crazy. No, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's all very nuts. And um, tell you what, you know, when I do venture into the middle, it might be to grab some of your stuff, but um, you, you see something marketable about, you know, it's got this vitamin or something, but then you look at, like I say, a packet of Nutri-Grain, it's a, figure eight and, and I was having a discussion with my girlfriend yesterday, you know, when you look at a, a bottle of Coke, you think, where is there a black fluid in, in nature that has bubbles in it? And you think, acid rain? <laughs> and you know, it's it, it like you how I see a bottle of Coke is, you know, would would you then go grab twenty teaspoons of sugar, put it in some water, stir it around and make it black and knock it back? No, you wouldn't. You know, but it's no, just absolutely not. It's just there and it's so easy and it tastes good. Yeah. And it tastes good. No, it, 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 it does taste good because, you know, that's what it's been designed to do. Yeah. You know, they've created in a lab along with, like, all of the other food. <coughs> food. And, um, <laughs> you know, they, it's just it's science. You know, they've got the perfect combination of sweet, salty, fatty, um, and they've created it to, to taste good, to, like, trick our brains into thinking that it's, going to be nutritious but it's simply not uh, it's a uh, it's pretty amazing um 
what what have you sort of changed changed your mind on or changed your tone on in the in the last couple of years? You know, you're you're a few years over twenty five now. You you know they they say that us blokes get our frontal cortex and start thinking long term. Um, yeah. What what's been sort of one big big moment or, or big thing for you that's that's directing your life? Um. I what have I changed? I've changed the way that I um, I don't know actually I, I, I kind of I've changed the way that I um, have started like training. I used to train for um, aesthetic reasons and now I'm more interested in training for longevity and um, quality of life and also for sort of event specific stuff but, but and in saying being event specific I like to try and be all round so that I can um, like I like to I like to do a bit of running I like to do a bit of cycling I like to do kayaking I like to do functional you know body weight fitness stuff so that I can then apply this sort of all round fitness to any like almost any um, activity because I like to I like to do lots of different things so I think I get a bit bored if I do one thing. So, um, yeah, I, I changed my um, my way, yeah, my, my kind of mind around doing that. Whereas, um, yeah, before I was more just training to, to try and look good and try and be, you know, have muscles here and you know not try and yeah, that's so that's changed. Um, I've also. Decide. I get. I've changed my. Um, oh, I know. Actually, I don't really know. When, when you say when you say about long, longevity, there, and I, mm. I, I don't know, it's something that I've sort of started doing as well. Um, a few episodes back, we interviewed a bloke called Keegan Smith from Australia, and he's big into you know you can do a handstand one day and you can pick up 180 kgs another day on a deadlift and you know you can do a dip you can juggle you can do you can do anything basically yeah you know like I said training for life um, and then you look at some of the stuff around longevity and, and quality of life and and um, I was speaking with someone today about you know being able to lift your lift your hands over your, over your head what what really drives you in terms of longevity and, and you know nutrition's all about longevity as well what do you have any sort of trigger for that, or it's just something you're honing into? Um, I kind of, you know, for this sort of thing, I think about. I um, I actually always look to my dad. Um, he's been my sort of role model, you know, for as long as I can remember in terms of um, athletic ability. Um, he's always had like a home gym made with like beer crates and a tractor axle as his. <laughs> Um, nice. and you know, from, from when I was you know tiny I'd be going and watching him do a workout or you know, doing this and that and so he's um you know he's at the point now he's he's getting a bit older and he's stopped like he 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 does a lot of cycling now he doesn't run as much because his body he sort of gets a bit of a sore knee or something like that um and so and I kind of think that I you know I want to be able to um you know, maybe not as intensely as I am now, but to pretty much do everything that I'm doing now or that I want to do, um, you know, until, until I'm really old. And um, and I don't want to have to, um, yeah, I, I guess it, for me, it, for me, it's just quality of life for when I get old. I'm, I'm thinking about 
when I'm really old, I don't want to, um, I don't want to have, have aches and pains and niggles. And I think that, you know, doing stuff now could cause that. So, you know, if I'm lifting huge weights and, um, wearing out my joints and stuff, um, with these really heavy weights, you know, I, I think that that could really affect me later on in life. And I don't think you necessarily need to do that. I think you can, tra you can train a lot smarter. Um, so for me, that's, that's what I'm thinking about with my longevity. Um, and, and part of that is, um, is keeping my, my training and my activity really varied. Um, and also trying to incorporate, um, I, I incorporate a lot of stretching into my, um, whatever I'm doing. And, uh, and I think that makes a big difference as well. Nice. A, a different, different look at, at what it means to be healthy and things like that you, you're good friends with Ben Warren, um, We've had some people on here do do the test you did, giving him a stool stool sample. And I, yeah. I, I myself just been to a kinesiologist that said there was a bit of bit of stuff in my gut. What? How did you first become aware of gut health, and and what what have you adapted after consulting with with Ben? Yeah. Um, so when I first learned about gut, I actually first sort of became a bit more aware about gut health from. Um, these guys up here in Auckland um, who have a company called Organic Mechanic and they make... Yeah, I know the guys here. It's really, really cool people and they're really passionate about what they're doing. They make an incredible product. Um, and they, you know, they're really passionate about um, improving people's gut health. And um, so I kind of learned a little bit about that just through them. But um, doing the, yeah, did the stool samples with Ben. So mine was, I had a disaster because my, um, I did my, my stool sample. So, um, for people who don't know, you've got to like physically poo in a little container, <laughs> scoop, stick it in the thing, and you're like, oh god, <laughs> and then um, shake it up, and then you know. So I did that, and I did my however many like three days, or I can't even remember how many how many you do, but I had so I did that, and then sent it off, and then like, oh no, sorry, we received it one day too late, so I then had to do it again. Um, so, so I made sure that round two I didn't. Um, didn't send it off too late, um, but the results came back, and I had a um, I, my gut health was reasonably good, um, but I had low levels of some um, bacteria, and I also had and um, what did they think I had? You remember, Matt? What? What did you have? Did you have a something in your? You know when your stool samples. <laughs> Parasite, yeah, I think, and then I, and then they also thought that I might have. Oh no, you had a parasite. <laughs> Full disclosure. She's not allowed to worry. <laughs> yeah, so from there, I've actually been. Um, then I went on a course of. Um, I can't even remember the name of the course of something to up my um, gut bacteria. And um, yeah, it's gut bacteria is a thing that I actually really don't know enough about, and I, I probably should learn a bit more about because I know it's so um, so important in our health. And even like things like I just think about if I have an upset tummy, um, how I will feel. I've just got no energy um, as a direct result of just having a little upset tummy, and I'm like, you know, that's that makes such a huge difference. Um, on your, your your mood and like everything everything else that you're doing um, and that your body's trying to do, you know, a lot of it 
starts with your gut. So, yeah. Yeah, no, it's listening to Rhonda Patrick. If you're ever looking for somebody to find out about gut health, then she was saying the other, other day that most of your serotonin is actually made in your gut. So you say about feeling good and feeling feeling awake and having some energy. Um, do, do, do you take any, apart from some good quality organic mechanic kombucha, um, which I, I do love it. <laughs> it's so yeah. good. Is there any, any other sort of prebiotic boosting stuff you take or you know any kombucha, uh, sorry, uh, sauerkrauts or kimchi or anything like that? Yep. So, um, I've got a jar of sauerkraut that I keep in the fridge and I have... Um, Every now and then, probably not as much as I should, but I do. I do like sauerkraut. Sauerkraut. Um, I kind of my go-to's for gut bacteria would be like um, to, to eat a combination of uh, kombucha, sauerkraut, and um, coconut yogurt. Mm. Um, because I'm pretty sure that there's kind of a few different strands of yeah. um, bacteria throughout those through those three, which I think hit the main ones. Um, yeah. Nice, and so right, right foods. You're uh, looking for some funding. Is that is that what's what going down? You and Ryan were doing a cheeky video today. What? what yeah. Tell us the story about what's going on with right foods because it's pretty exciting. Yeah, yeah, it is really exciting. So, so right foods. So we, um, right foods is our umbrella company, um, and under that sits Clean Paleo, Poppy and Olive, which is a um, nut butter company that we acquired earlier this year, and um, then we rebranded and relaunched, and that's going really well, which is very exciting. And then also Whole Foods Manufacturing, which is our manufacturing um, facility here in Auckland. So it's the only um, the only production uh, facility that's compl- like uh, well, that's certified paleo. So um, anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> that's, I mean, it's exciting for us. But, yeah, no, it's cool. <laughs> uh, so anyway, we've um, we basically we we continue to grow, but we've just got so many different opportunities. You know, like we've we've been supplying Amazon through, uh, sorry, supplying um, the state through Amazon with like a couple of our products. And we, you know, we send a shipment over there and it just goes like that. And we were like the top, the, the Amazon choice for our Manuka Crunch Zero, which means that, you know, people just push the button and it, and it goes straight to them because it was basically because ours was the highest, was the best quality and also top selling products. So then Amazon chooses it as their choice or something like that. Anyway, um, and, uh, and it just get, it goes like that. And then we have to, for us, the problem is um, our products are such high quality and uh, they're, they're so expensive to make. Like, our, you know, I mean, I, I know that our products are like, you know, up there with the most expensive cereal on the market and um, same with our bread and, and stuff like that. And the, the reason is because it's just so expensive to make our products mm. because we use food. We don't use artificial crap. You know, we, we use real whole foods. So, um for us, it's like we, we need this this capital, this money, so we can actually make these products and then fulfill these orders. Um, a lot of which are for overseas. You know, we just got this um, last week. Actually, we just got a, a huge um, contract with Coles in Australia, which yep. which means, um, you know, from first of for two of our biltong skews, um, our biltong flavors. Um, that you know, from January, we're going to be supplying like I don't know. How many, like 600 supermarkets or something over there, which is like huge, hefty, and, like, and so it's like, yay, cool. And then we're just like, well, you know, we're not really going to have a Christmas and New Year, we're going to be working, and then um, we're going to be, you know, trying to, um, you know, get the money to buy our, um, you know, the the raw materials to make our products is, you know, it's a huge outlay. Um, and then, and then, so that's so the main main part of our um, crowdfunding is so we can actually physically um, make our products to to fill these orders and um, 
create these new um, markets overseas. But then also we're, we're in the process of setting up a new manufacturing facility as well. So it's going to be like similar to what we've got now, but a bit bigger. Um, and it'll allow us to also um, continue to keep growing and um, keeping up with, our, with the demand for our products. So, yeah, it's, uh, there's heaps of cool stuff going on and it's, uh, it's very exciting. But, um, yeah, we basically just need a bit of help. Absolutely. And if anybody out there that watches this wants to get involved, how do they, how do they go along then? So, yeah, so what we're, we're doing a crowdfunding capital raise through PledgeMe. So if anyone is interested, you just head along to pledgeme.co.nz and um, you'll see our little our Riot Foods um, campaign going along there. And basically it's, um, yeah, a minimum of 500 bucks, so a minimum of $500 investment. Basically you own a part of the company um, and you, you, know, you share in the success um, that we have as we continue to grow and... Um, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll basically just continue to increase um, in uh, you know how our, our business will just continue to keep being awesome. Um, nice. And so your your shares essentially will be worth a lot more in a few years. Um, and then, but also you know every investor is going to receive um, discounts on all of our products for life. I think so. Yeah, it's it's quite cool. It's very cool. Nice man and. Is there anywhere else that people can find you? I know it's pretty simple, but if you just like to, if you want to, get your handles out there, man. And, and yeah. <laughs> totally. Um, yeah, if they, if, they, if they want to follow me, I'm um, on Instagram at, uh, I'm at art underscore green. Who or, took that, eh? Jeepers. What's that? <laughs> Who took that, eh? <laughs> I was definitely. <laughs> and I got on early, like I was, I was an early adapter to Instagram. Yeah. And uh, Art Green's not a common name, so I don't know who he is, but I'll find him. Still <laughs> on his phone. Um, so yeah, Instagram is Art underscore Green. Um, Facebook page is uh, Art and Matilda. Yeah. So I shared my fiance, um, who's got a parasite. <laughs> <laughs> Used to have a parasite. Used to. Good. Cheers. Not anymore. Thanks, Bill Warren. Yeah, cheers, Bill Warren. <laughs> <laughs> and and do you use the Twitter or? Oh, nah. I'm kind of. I'm not really a Twitter a Twitter person. My 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 Twitter is um at Art Green underscore. Yeah. But um, I I just don't like. There's just too many too many social medias, and uh, and Instagram is the one that just has to. I'm sorry, take a back seat. Um, and I also Twitter, Twitter you mean Twitter what's that Twitter takes a back seat yeah oh shit sorry I mean I mean Twitter, Twitter <laughs> um, I find that I find that Twitter's also there's more um, I think there's more negativity on Twitter and I think it's it's easier to get at people to, to go straight to, to people and just be a bit negative and I just I don't really want any part of it so I kind of just stay off it because I just can't be bothered hey, fair enough mate and uh Hopefully they solve that because you're right. There's some. <laughs> yeah. Awesome, mate. Um, before you go, thanks so much for this. It's been absolutely awesome talking to you and and getting inside the head of Art Green and, and I'm so excited for to see Right Foods take off because it's it's great what you're doing. Is there anything that you'd like to leave people with? Um. Um. I would just like to leave people with um, the thought that um, 
No, I reckon uh, make your news for one of your New Year's resolutions for anyone that's watching. Pick something. Uh, pick a, something to train for. Pick a um, an event, whether it's a half marathon or a swim or some sort of bike thing, or it's just like you want to go for a hike with mates. You know, pick something to train for, so then you can um, get a bit motivated with your activity. Because uh, for me, I know that makes a huge difference. So, um, yeah. No, awesome, brother. Thanks so much for this, Ben. It's been an absolute pleasure. Been great. Cheers. So there we go. What's your challenge going to be for the new year? Hit us up either on Stag Vision or, or Stag Ryan, or of course let, let Art know what it is that you're going to challenge yourself to for 2018. Um, I know I'm going to keep running, keep trying to nail the handstands, um, and just really get myself prepared for when the baby comes in March and uh, hopefully bigger and better things for 2018. Art was pretty awesome there, pretty great foundation of a man. Um, the way he just follows his passion, wanting to help everybody and I'm just so thankful that he agreed to come on one thing that I'd like to share with people is that it's a common theme that we've got in this podcast is not being afraid to go out there and do things and that was sort of the case with Art I just basically put it out there to the man would he like to come on board and what was the worst that could happen he could say no I'm sorry mate I'm too busy but tell you what in the end he said yeah no problem I'd love to So, and that's why we've got this podcast for you so I hope you enjoyed it of course, the podcast is brought to you by Waikito. You can contact us there as well, W-A-I-K-E-T-O on Facebook. This is where you'll find all of the podcasts so far. Of course, it's on iTunes and Stitcher. Um, it's on YouTube, but um, Waikito has them all there. It also has a whole bunch of articles about your health, about ketogenic diets, plenty of stuff from Ben Warren. Um, we enjoy him. Things, things from Dr. Libby. Things from Grant Schofield, Cliff Harvey. Um, yeah, lots of information on there. And of course, you can check out exactly what exogenous ketones are by going to waiket0.experienceketo.com. The little video is there, talks about what being in ketosis is and how exogenous ketones allow you to do that. I hope you all have an awesome Christmas and safe holidays. Have a good break and uh, really lock in those New Year's resolutions for 2018. It's going to be a doozy and it's going to be great sharing it with you all. Thanks very much.